This is the Book Table Podcast, your audiobook club with me, Sophie, and I'm joined by Fee. Hello. And Annie. Hi. Uh, and this episode is our November Book Club episode where we're talking about my book of choice for the month, Once Upon a River by Diane Setterfield. Uh, so where do we want to start? Should we have a little talk about the book of, or what we perceive the book to be before we read it? Yeah. So how we judged it by its cover? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> how did you judge it by its cover? So our... Please <laughs> rate the cover. Yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have to admit, this is the first book. <laughs> this is our second book, but this is... I, I had this one on Kindle, so I didn't really see the cover that much. Kindle and audiobook. <gasps> she's a Kindle user. She's a Kindle user. She's an Audible user. How dare she? How um, dare she? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, in a panic, read this book a week early because I wrote down dates wrong. So, um, which is why I read it on Audible because I was just like, I don't have time to read it properly. <laughs> Um, but I will say, so our theme for this month was cozy. And mm-hmm. so I was expecting like a really warm, cozy book. And actually, once I saw the cover, I recognized it like as something that I'd seen in bookshops a lot. Like a couple of years ago, maybe like I feel like when it came out, it was a popular like bookseller's recommendation. Yeah, I, I remember the same thing. So I came into this with high mm. hopes and, you know, but like high hopes, but I was also expecting something, you know, warm and cozy and yeah, fun and a little bit magical. What about you guys? I definitely was going and expecting folklore. Um, I don't know, maybe some goblins, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that it's set of that that we were discussing inns last time on the podcast. I can't remember which episode we discussed it, but inns and I was really intrigued by that and that already felt cozy to me I don't know if you guys have seen um this cartoon series it's called over the garden wall oh yeah yeah, yeah. no never it's a good Halloween watch oh okay it's on Netflix yeah I think you'd really like it yeah you'd really like it Annie um but I I felt like that's what that's the vibes I was expecting that kind of content you know you said folklore and I went oh like the Taylor Swift album yeah I can see those vibes (laughs) the moment I saw her smile after the word folklore I was like I know she's thinking about Taylor Swift (laughs) Taylor's edition (laughs) Taylor's version excuse me Taylor's version sorry can you tell I'm not a Swifty (laughs) oh god all right, Sophie, you chose the book. How, how did you sort of feel approaching it? Did you mm. judge it by its cover? Is that why you chose it? I mean, it's a pretty nice cover, but I, I mostly picked it because I was kind of looking around last minute because I'm not super plugged into books and what likes happening. So I was just looking for something cozy and I saw an inn and I was like, yes, that, that, is, that is the cozy that See, I'm so I people was- want an inn. That is yeah. what hooks people. Um, and I think I was expecting something a little more kind of contained than it was if that makes sense like I 
I guess I wasn't really sure where the narrative was going to go. So I was thinking it was going to kind of stay quite small, but it actually kind of like spread out to uh, quite a lot. So yeah, but I was definitely expecting kind of like folklore, some magic type stuff. Pretty similar to what we got, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I So I think the, the, the sort of the blurb that you read for us described that it sort of spreads out from the girl to stories of people and its inhabitants so in a way I expected a narrative a little more sort of disjointed and sprawling than it actually was I think it was it didn't feel like a coherent story until like 10 minutes until the end when it all came together yeah but I think it was yeah going mm -hmm. in if you expected coherent you might find it disjointing right until the end but if you expected disjointed it was actually a very cleverly woven narrative if that makes sense it yeah. felt like very deliberate meandering. Like it was designed to be like in the way that it was. That's what kind of what it reminded me of. It, it felt like it had been very deliberately crafted to sort of be kind of in that middle ground of somewhat, somewhat kind of disjointed, but like still yeah. coherent enough that you could follow it. Well, thematically meandering. Exactly. I felt like, <laughs> like it was. The river. I, that's what I was going to say. I felt like it was supposed to represent the river and like the way that throughout the story you'd get get points that it's very slow very kind of elegant and elegantly written and then and then it would be very fast-paced and other times and very rocky and like I was like it's like a river like the book says <laughs> I really like that bit where she talks about like you know how it's impossible to find the source of any river but you can sort of kind of trace it back and the source of blah, blah, blah. and then she was like so I'm not going to take you right back to the beginning of the story but I will tell you what happened yesterday like really like I thought that was such a nice way to sort of uh, it it was very much if you'll excuse my literary term it started in media res sort of in the middle of things so pulling out the latin honors yeah, but it's also the technical term for a narrative that starts in the middle and slowly by teaching you the future teaches you what happened in the past as well. Mm. I know. <laughs> it doesn't make me sound any less pretentious when I say it like that. But <laughs> but anyway, I, I thought it was a really clever sort of um, use of the river to explain and narrate her methods of starting in the middle of things. And, and mm. yeah. I, that was one thing I really enjoyed about the book because uh, like Annie I also felt like I didn't have enough time to finish the book <laughs> so I also listened to it as an audiobook and the audiobook was stunning I thought oh the, definitely it was I felt like I was in the in front of a fire drinking you know some hot cider or something and just listening to a great storyteller um yeah. loved love the uh accents that the <laughs> that the narrator put on what were they west country accents <laughs> i mean it's more sort of um I i'm trying to think actually no the temp goes all the way up to shropshire so yeah that's west country isn't it yeah know. that's pretty yeah, yeah yeah i mean i i think it was more emphasized because of the time period but <laughs> yeah um but i thought the, also you got to appreciate the language more mm -hmm. when it was narrated like listening to it rather than just reading it I don't also, know how think, if you felt the same Annie um I listened to audiobooks at double speed so I might not have noticed um, double speed double speed I also listen to I don't listen to 
all podcasts at double speed, but I do listen to um, news podcasts at double speed. Um, so you're like, I need to get, I have places to be. I have things to get on with. Also, Tell me the information quickly. I, I get frustrated by how slow the narrator talks if I listen to it at normal speed. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I I only read it um so I yeah I didn't have kind of like that experience of it's interesting to talk about how sometimes it might feel different between like reading a book and then listening to the audiobook yeah I mean I think it hugely depends on the book I should say I switched between um which is why I also read it on Kindle because I've got I think it's called like Whisper Sync where it'll like save your place across the book and the audiobook so you can read it and then audiobook it and read it anyway um but I thought as a book it lent itself quite well like it was good to read but it lent itself quite well to audiobook because of the fact that in certain places there was such an emphasis on uh oral narratives and storytelling yeah Mm. that's what I really loved about this book I think it has been something to me that reminded me of a lot of the stuff that I really enjoyed when I was studying English because I did English and I did a master's in English, but I very much was into old English. So it, it was all like oral narrative. So I loved the care that she put into how like she showed that how even something that comes from the oral tradition can be as carefully crafted as written. Like they're still considering word use and things like that. And that's just something that I really liked that she kind of centered it and it, it did give me old english vibes like you're in you're in your you're you're drinking your alcohol listening to your stories in your halls it's a slightly different mm, setting but yeah. it just like it gave me those kind of vibes which i enjoyed mm. in terms of characters there was this huge like sprawling anyway it was i love that it was a huge sprawling narrative and i was wondering do we have a favorite character this is hard. This is a question I don't know the answer to. There are so many of them. The least favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone has a least favorite character. I have to say, there was something about. Can you say like the? Re- I mean, the relationship. Should I say between Rita and Daunt? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet. The sweetest thing. And like Rita's like, I'm, you know, I can't have children. I'm a nurse. I am a woman of science doing it for the girls in STEM. Oh, yeah. I was going to say right up your street, a woman of science. Right up my street. Go, Rita. (laughs) Love it. Saving the world. Um, And then she falls in love with the photographer, Daunt. And he is like so in love with her and you can feel like how in love with her he is and I loved it loved every moment of it but also I really loved Mr Armstrong oh yeah Robert I was gonna say I think Robert Armstrong was probably like like maybe it's not to rank like him Rita and Dawn but like he was just such a sweet guy (laughs) he was he was doing his like oh my god his son I was like you have the best dad what are you doing he's the hero we want not deserved I was gonna say I think my favorite characters were the Vaughns are they that was definitely my favorite yeah oh my god I loved them I loved them 
they were my favorite. I mean, I, I loved Robert Armstrong and his wife, and I loved um, Dawn and Eliza, obviously. And I also loved, oh, Mrs. White as well. She was just, you know. What, Lily? Yeah, Lily White. Oh, I loved, I did love yeah. Lily. I felt so sorry for her. Warning also that this book does contain abuse. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, and that. suicide. I was going to say, I think there are a lot of traumatic <laughs> themes in this book. Yeah, so that's a, that's a habit we've kind of fallen into, isn't it? Because the last book we read also had, had <laughs> huge themes we'll, of abuse. We'll, we'll see what happens next month. Yeah, like, you know what? My mum is convinced that I exclusively read depressing books, which I don't, but this isn't helping. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Lily and her, her storyline with her abuse that she's been... Uh, that she had from her the men of her family I should say because yeah it wasn't her mother it was her stepfather was the stepfather and stepbrother who is Victor who we'll get on to later because (laughs) (laughs) just she has some words spoiler alert he's a dick (laughs) I think that's being that's, that's being generous to him that's being really generous to him I just don't want to I don't yeah I my my blood is boiling at the mention of his name anyway but Lily lovely Lily White she's just so caring I think that was the most satisfying ending where it was like she was safe and she could go and live somewhere warm and cozy yeah yeah and that was the cozy November book that we all deserved, you know, yes. Lily White getting oh to go God. live somewhere warm and cozy where she could have slippers all the time. I was really worried she was going to meet her end at the river. Did you guys did you guys feel that? Yeah, she was the one that I was most concerned about. I was worried for her mental health. Like I I when I was reading her interactions and stuff with like Victor. I was just like fuming on her behalf. And I was like, if I was there, I'd slap his face. I'd protect Lily with everything I have. Yeah. Oh God, shout out to my other favorite character. I mean, my other favorite character apart from the Vaughns and the Armstrongs and Lily White and Rita and Daunt, um, the therapist. Oh, don't we all love a therapist? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, Mrs. Constantine, the therapist, the Victorian therapist, you know, who I, I was so, I was, so that entire time where um, Mr. Vaughan first visits her and thinks that she's a scam artist. I was just like, she's a therapist. She's a therapist. Talk to the therapists. <laughs> it's the second that she starts to ask questions in a way and you're like, God, she's a therapist. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get excited about book characters that I love getting the therapy they need. Oh, such a stunning storyline. I think, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but with the surprise twist at the end with... um. With Robin's daughter, I think Helena, no, Amelia, Amelia. Yeah, Amelia. I think with the surprise twist at the end with Robin's daughter, no, Amelia Robin's, is Rob- the. Robin's daughter is Alice. 
Yes, Robin's daughter is Alice. Oh yeah, but with but Amelia. She comes back. Yeah. So Amelia is the only character who dies. Yeah. Oh, and um Oh, John. Oh yeah. John's jo- the father Joe? and Joe's the son, right? No, no, no. Joe is the no, father. Joe's the father. Is the son. Yeah. Uh, okay. Joe's the father. John yeah. is another incredible character though. Yeah. Also, shout out to my boy Ben. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, what a guy. Literally. So clever. So clever. So clever. Just like right place, right time. Ben, he's just not even, he's not even trying sometimes. And he just does the right thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we've agreed that we love them all. Yeah. 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 Also have a special mm-hmm. place in our hearts. Did we have a favorite plot line? Because I think that was my thing. Like, I think oh, all of them yeah. were incredible. But the Vaughns to me were particularly special because they got therapy you know <laughs> I, I, I just Vaughns were I, I it was such an incredible depiction in literature which you don't often get of this huge traumatic event mm. and how that sort of ricochets into the rest of your life and how therapy you know and god knows therapy should be more affordable and accessible but how therapy is is the way that you learn to live around it and live with it and live in you know i just oh there are so many book characters where you're like get therapy and they never can and it was so nice to finally have a book where they could so that was my favorite plot line i liked rita's interactions with lily and like how caring rita was towards lily because without rita i think lily would have been really lost and she would Mm. have been um disregarded Mm-hmm. like by the rest of the characters I think and I think she like convinced Mr Armstrong to listen to her and and I think without Rita yeah I think Lily would have not had such a happy ending if I'm honest but mm-hmm. my favorite was was um what was my favorite that's really hard come back to me Sophie you go I think my favorite was <laughs> Probably the Armstrongs. Yeah, I love which the I think Armstrongs. is why that they were like why I'd say that Robert was probably my favorite of all of them. Yeah. Um, I was so glad they got their pig back. Me too. I was Lord. like, when she when he was describing the pig and everything, I was like, oh, that's the pig Lily's have been talking to. <laughs> Get your pig. Oh, <laughs> but I I really like the way that she worked race into the narrative um, yeah. because I feel like it's very easy um, in historical fiction to kind of just not include you know, an- anyone of yeah. POC at all really yeah. Um, yeah so I really liked how she did that through him and also just like I feel like a large part of kind of I just liked following what he was doing and kind of that element of the mystery, I think, just grabbed me a little bit more. Like, what is going on? I really wanted to know what the hell was going on. With I Robert. was happy so I was that like, he was right. rich and happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. was rooting for him to have a happy ending. And when, you know, when there was that debate of who is this little girl? Is she Alice or is she Amelia? And like, mm. the first time we get an answer, it's Amelia, like they say, it's Amelia, not Alice. My heart broke mm. for Robert. 
I was like, no, he wanted a grandchild. Give him the grandchild. <laughs> oh, and the way he was like, you know, we have enough money and enough love to fix all the problems of, you know, and it was just yeah. like, I was like, I just like that he was ha- like, he was, ha- he wasn't like burdened by the world or anything. They didn't kind of have to force that. He was just like, he was just, that was a third that was generally living quite happy he had a happy marriage he had a large family that I just liked that he had that in that time period because I feel like not a lot of characters get that I think also in historical fiction it is important to remember that that the way the character written is rich and well-spoken and that was a number Mm -hmm. of times came up as his description so that uh, so so that the white characters respected him and I thought and unfortunately that is a huge part of the racist society is that have to achieve something in order to be respected by just average people average white people do you know what I mean and I also really love that he was a character of mixed heritage and that also how that played out in how he kind of felt between neither family he didn't have a face with his father's family who were right and rich and he didn't have a face with his mother's family but then he found his own family yeah and had a place that he belonged with them and with Bess and with his children and I thought that was really nice I liked how that was handled yeah yeah I liked how he'd had a difficult childhood and he'd known that he didn't have you know, a family, and that just gave him the tools he needed to do well by his own family. Mm. You know, I, I liked that he was able to sort of break what could have been a cycle of, of I don't know. And I also liked that she addressed this idea that when people saw him, they did make racist assumptions, and he had his own coping mechanisms and strategies. And like, and it was very consciously you got through his eyes the discussion. Okay, this is how he deals with it. This is what he does. This is his process. So it wasn't like, oh, it's perfect or oh, it's terrible. But this is a serious thing that he has to deal with all the time. You know, it's interesting as well. I read a review in the Guardian that was comparing this to her last book, and it was saying that her last book, um, Diane Setterfield's last book was a lot more it's called like the 13 clock something like that and that was a lot more sort of dark and traumatic and has a lot more like complex villain you know um was a lot of sort of one good person struggling in a whole world of evil and they were saying that in comparison this was just a lot of good people and one or two villains who even then Mm. you know they maybe didn't have motive uh, have honorable motivations but like you know the stuff of nightmares and I actually kind of like that like I don't need my villains to be horrific and my good guys to be troubled sometimes it's nice to read a book yeah you know where there's just like good people trying to do best for themselves and their families you know I also really like that this was a historical book but like the relations like the marriages were like happy and not abusive and mm-hmm. overtly patriarchal wow. well like mm-hmm. for, for the most part of like like you know like there, there was there was like respect for the women yeah no I liked that I I think that was I and I liked um the sort of the the way in which 
I think we talked earlier about how this is a book that started you in the middle, but told you the story of everything that had happened before. And I liked the stories of the marriages. Like, um, I liked how you got the sort of the background of Bess and, and Robert's marriage. And I thought that was a really important story that was handled with a lot of sort of dignity, mm, you know? Yeah. It, it, it was definitely good on that kind of, it, it, you know, it falls very much on the side of like, you know, there's good in humanity. People are by and large good with good intent and are willing to like love each other and try and take care of each other. And it's, it's, it's kind of a very, I suppose, hopeful book in, 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 in spite of all of the kind of any of the suffering that they, they do go through. And I also really liked that, obviously, Robin Armstrong aside, I really liked that everyone who might have taken the child in wanted what was best for her. Yeah, I agree. I think there was, I was, when I was reading it, I just, yeah. I, I liked how there was just so much love for this child. Like everybody wanted to love this child rather than seeing this child as like oh she's a burden or let's just put her to work or blah 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 it's like no this is a child let's find her family but if she doesn't have one we'll all take care of her it was like a community it really honed together this this feeling of a community of people just who cared about each other and about this girl mm. that that had kept come into the swan yeah as you were reading it which, which child did you think she was? I thought she was Alice. So? I kind of thought she was neither. I, I felt like it wasn't going to be either of the children. I, I thought similar, but I thought that must mean she was Lily White's sister. I thought she was Lily White's daughter at one point. That did cross my mind too. Because they were like, uh-huh. it's impossible for her to be her sister. I was like, maybe she had a kid. Yeah, she just doesn't remember. No, I thought it was her daughter. I thought it was the sister brought back from the dead. And I thought it was like the magical realism element. Oh, what? By the ferryman? Um, I hadn't worked it out that far. That was just my theory because I was like, there has to be some (laughs) element of magical realism. So she's not going to be either. So maybe it is Lily White's sister come back. I felt bad for the child, though, because she was like, just pinballing around every everybody's houses being oh she'll come stay with us as the fawns she's amelia oh no wait no she's not amelia she's alice okay you go stay with the armstrongs now okay and the armstrongs are like no actually actually we don't think she is alice you should take her (laughs) but obviously there's a lot of sorrow i think the armstrongs were like we will take her, but we now also accept that yeah, she's not. Like they were taking her. They didn't yeah. think she had a nice place to go. But I just that 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 was one of the scenes that really made me love the Armstrong so much. Was when they were like, "We want this child and we love her, but we don't think she's happy with us, so we're going to do what's best for her." And they just yeah. take her back. And I'm like, Yes, but I just felt for this child. Can you imagine from the mm. child's perspective? She's like, "These people oh took God. me in, but then then I'm now with these people." <laughs> She's like, I've got no idea what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But she got back home in the end. Well, isn't it that, so they say, like, it's just rumours upon the river of who she's, that she's gone back to home in the end. 
oh, I thought John says that she's gone back home. Like, I just wholesale believe that that was well, definitely I thought, it. You know? I thought it was, I also thought it was kind of some say, you know, she was with the with the gypsies on the river. And then some say she wasn't like a child. I, I thought it was supposed to be kind of like, she's a mystical being potentially, was the vibe yeah. I got. Oh, I just wholesale bought into she's the daughter of the ferryman and she's been returned. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? I was just oh. like, yeah, no, that's definitely it. I, th- I thought she might be like, you know, magical child that's here to bring healing to the families in the in the town type thing, was I thought might what be going on. If that makes sense. Like the spirit of the river. Yeah. Or something like that. Like she, you know, through her, yeah. the families kind of figured their stuff out and healed as a result of her presence. And then when that kind of had happened. That's kind of when she left. That's that was the vibe I got of of the ending. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, Daunt and Rita were going to adopt her. I did also wonder. Me that. too. When, it, Me when too. I knew that it definitely wasn't, she definitely wasn't Alice or Amelia. I was like, oh, Daunt and but yeah, then I. Well, Rita just loved her. Like she couldn't explain like the love that she felt for this little girl, whether it was Alice or Amelia or neither. She was like, I just love this little girl and I can't I can't bear to think of anything bad happening to her or her missing. And then but I was so happy for Rita that she she so long believed that she wasn't going to have a family. Um, But she and she'd made her peace with that. She wasn't resentful about it. She was just like, that's just not happened for me and it might not happen for me. It's most likely that it won't because of my age. and then, and then she just got like such a wonderful ending and a wonderful storyline with. I also really loved that it was like a. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Like, yeah, with with Dawn. I loved that it was just a respectful portrayal of a woman who had her reasons for not wanting children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> Were we satisfied by the ending then? I was. Given that I think we said that we, I think we disagreed slightly about how it ended weirdly enough the ending is ambiguous and we all have different but I quite like that because that is like you know we all went to the same pub and heard the same story but we've told different people different versions of the story (laughs) 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 like Annie's like yeah she's Annie's Annie's saying you know yeah she's fine she's with her family everything's good and then I'm telling, you know, somebody else, yeah, no one knows if she's with her family or not. <laughs> and then just so weirdly enough is going for the like slightly biblically resonant, deeply folklorish. And then she, she returned to the river as a river spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, she'd done her job. She'd, she'd brought about healing and she returned to the river. But I, I did like the ending. I felt like it was a great ending because while it was quite ambiguous in, in some aspects, I think that is what you would hear in a story in the pub and you would just kind of have to kind of guess yourself what ending you wanted. Yeah, well, also there's no ending to a river. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, that's just the Thames estuary. Metaphorical yeah. presence. <laughs> hey, did you did you say what your favorite storyline was? Because you said you said you think about it like. <laughs> oh, did I? Mm. I'm coming back. To you. 
No, I didn't. Well, when I said come back to me. I'm... <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the end of the podcast. I told them to come back to me. And then how dare they? They did. um i really liked the storyline of bess and mr armstrong um mainly because i felt they were two people who were judged um uh, by society but for for no reason but their appearance um and these two people you know found love from that like they found each other and love like he married her because he knew that one of the farmers that worked for him had raped her and she was pregnant and that most often than not she was not going to be married to anybody because of her eye I think and and her limp um so society had kind of already you know taken their little ableist viewpoint on her and and pushed her to the side um just as they judged Mr Armstrong of who he is as a as a person just by his race um so but I I loved that that when he offered to marry her and he said look you know and it wasn't out of like pity it was out of saying I just want to be that someone for you because I think you deserve that and that was so nicely put do you know what I mean yeah I think and you could tell their relationship was built on respect yeah and I also liked that a couple of things I like that it wasn't oh and if if she didn't limp she would have been beautiful or you know she wasn't beautiful but he didn't need her to be it was she is you know drop dead gorgeous and has a limp and a she's patch. hot and also yeah she's hot and also i liked that one of the things that she insisted on and that other people didn't respect about her was that she still dressed nice like the first thing you find mm-hmm. out about her is she's walking and she's beautiful and she's wearing this beautiful dress and an eye patch the same color as her and like isn't that she's my hero she's my hero she's stunning she's yeah. hot and she and she got mr armstrong yeah. I mean, and you know what? They deserve each other. They are two <laughs> hot people who they are the you know, hottest couple in in the village. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone stares when But that's what I love. By. Yeah, cuz they're hot. They're hot people. Um and mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved watching hot people get together. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, the hot people, they I'm just so happy to see them win. Just, just like, oh my god, the couple who needed therapy got therapy, and the hot people found each other. <laughs> I love how Annie's and Sophie's are like, oh yeah, it was so you know caring and blah 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 I'm like the hot people got each other in the end and that's what I want to see and you know what was nice about them as a couple they weren't just surface level hot they were hot on the inside they had hot yes, they morals were. 
the ethics was hot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you would not believe the love and respect these people had for each other. Just absolutely smoking hot. You're surface level hot, but are you morally hot? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sexier than love built on trust and mutual respect. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got abs hey girl, now. You know that. what I want to do to you? I want to respect you. <laughs> oh, what a sexy statement right there. I know, right? I did not expect. Oh. You know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to validate your feelings <laughs> and respect your boundaries. Uh, talk moral to me. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your detailed literary yeah. analysis. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a professional. So yeah, that was my favourite storyline. There we go. You're welcome. <laughs> Episode title, somewhere in there. Right. <laughs> let's move on <laughs> what are we going to do ratings now yeah we meander definitely. our way to the ratings yeah how do we feel about Robin we actually haven't talked about Robin and Victor and I think we need to I, we can't skip over the villains of the story did they die they did die yeah, they both. Robin definitely died. See, Robin, I was sad about because I felt like he was bamboozled. He was bamboozled, but also I was like, he'd had every opportunity. You know what I mean? He felt like, yeah. Do you know? I I felt had... for him because I felt yeah. like he had he if he had survived, he would have had a redemption arc. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think it's more that he took a wrong turning. And all of the love and care and support that his parents poured into trying to make sure he was okay wasn't enough to save him. I just felt for the Armstrongs. I think that's the only reason I felt a bit sad because at least Robert was really upset about it and I didn't want him to be sad. Yeah, I was when he yeah. was grieving for his son and like that moment when he was like, but you're my son. And he was like, I'm not your son and you're not my father. Actually, I've just realised the thing that I'm really sad about is his wife. Oh god, oh. yeah. And then he held a knife up to his step, his sister. Oh. Yeah, almost cut his sister's throat. God, he was just yeah. Yeah, he, was, he was awful. <laughs> it's like I don't think I would have wanted him to have a redemption yeah. after all of that. I felt like yeah. he was, you know. Mm-hmm. But we all agree that the real villain was. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Vincent. Victor. 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 Ugh. Victor. Can I did. Did any I felt like when I was reading about Victor, I was like, why is it always the villain's name with a V after last last the last book we read with Virgil? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Victor. I did find like I did find Victor legitimately like scary. Like when we'd go back to Lily White's house, I would be on edge. Yeah. Because I didn't know what he might do. And I was terrified because, you know, she was so isolated from everyone else, um, you know, in the cottage that she was in, that every time mm. they had a scene together, I was like really tense. 
spreading what he could do to her. So I thought he was a really well written villain, kind of from that perspective. Oh, and I've just remembered that. And also, him and Robin kidnapped Amelia. Yeah, yeah. And then Robin killed her. Yeah. yeah. So actually, he didn't deserve yeah. a redemption arc. He deserved to die. Yeah, he would have been hung. Oh. Wouldn't he? Yeah. She was um, too. But it was. I thought. Yeah, I I also thought it was really interesting that Victor was a villain in kind of everybody's story, mm. in Lily's, in the Vaughns, in the Armstrongs, because they believe. I think. I think they will take away that Victor kind of coerce their son into these things as much as Robin is at fault. And also he assaulted Bess. Yeah. Um, So yeah, he's a, he's this recurring villain in everybody's storyline really. And he's just the worst and we hate him. Yeah. I mean, there's that as well, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it, but what, but what I was getting at is that it's in a way that like, in, with all these storylines that we had, it all came to one person and one mm. villain that was causing, not causing them, but is it was a main antagonist in all of them, and it was nice that from him dying, that was a resolution to all the stories that, and all the turmoil that had been created. So he was the worst and we're glad that he died. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. if you want to summarise it like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we do our ratings then? So do we want to do a little introduction? Yeah, very brief. I think our rating system is very self-explanatory. It's a, it's a five-point scale. Not worth reading. Five. Get it from the library. Yeah, it's a five-point scale. Mm. Not worth reading. Get it from the library. Buy it in paperback. Splurge on the hardback. I would buy a special edition. Five-point scale. Five-point scale. So, mm-hmm. Annie, how would you rate it? It's definitely at least a hardback for me. At least. I, I would give it, if I was giving it, a rating out of five, I'd give it a 4.5. Yeah. But I think I'm going to... I've been thinking it Are over. Are you saying hardback with sprayed edges? Yeah, <laughs> hardback with sprayed edges. Oh, you're so good at this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So? So? I think it's a hardback um, for me, I would say. It's definitely a solid kind of four. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hardback with me. Yeah. Hardback for me. It's a hardback. <laughs> and for the second month in a row, we all agree on the same rating. Uh, one month, we're going to have to do a controversial pick. We're, we're going to have to create some drama on this podcast. Yeah, we will need to. <laughs> you say that, but you never know with the next book could could cause some controversy. Wait, did 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 we did we have a thing last time when we did like a, if you like this, you would like x oh yeah oh yeah did we do any research for that no <laughs> well i had an idea so it actually i, I, I mean have- i also think there's a really obvious book that we all love that is very much it. if you like this you'll like this oh yeah that's true that's true 
I know yeah. the one you're talking about. I hope. Yeah, we bang on about it a lot, but we do love it. It's the Starless Sea, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you liked this, you should read The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstein. Fabulous book. Actually, I'm pretty sure I gave that a four and you guys gave a five. So there you go. Yeah, but that's not too controversial. That's just saying, which no. is it? Do you yeah. want to pay 20 quid or do you want to pay 14? The six extra euros make all the difference, but like. The other book that I thought of after reading this that I thought it was very similar to um, that I would recommend is La Belle Sauvage by Philip Pullman. Why does that sound like a Jean-Paul Gaultier perfume? Um, oh, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> La Belle Sauvage by Dior. Parfum. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of similar kind of elements. If you want a in on the River Thames by Oxford and you you want like mystery involving a small child, you want a flood, you want some magical elements, that's all there. Like I was actually thinking about it after and I was like, wow, on paper mm-hmm. these have a lot of similar plot points. Yeah. But there's also a lot of uh, um, politics stuff in it as well and it is a prequel to his Dark Materials trilogy but I think you might not need context of that to read it because the main character isn't in the trilogy. Yeah, worst comes to the worst. We can always recommend you watch the Lin-Manuel Miranda BBC adaption. He's just everywhere, isn't he? Oh, and I mean, God bless him. You know, he's everywhere and I want him everywhere. Did you watch, guys watch Tick, Tick, Boom? Not yet. No spoilers. Okay. All and right, by sorry. no spoilers, okay. remember, well, I later. mean no details whatsoever. Oh, I'm yeah, very yeah. strict Won't even bring a word. <laughs> okay. So I think we've covered everything. Um, Fee, do you want I to introduce have, yeah. our next month's book? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for the month of December, which is happy early Christmas, everyone. It's still <laughs> no, November. No, 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 no. It's November. In November. It's Christmas time. <laughs> There's no, no, it's not. <laughs> and at Christmas time, we're feeling festive, we're feeling fun, we're feeling ready for Santa Claus and his many reindeer. Um, and I thought, let's get into the season. Tis the season to be jolly and festive. And it's December and I'm going to be festive all month long. So why don't you guys join me? I just, it's and a week and a half. Control yourself for a week and a oh, half and then you can let in all the all Christmas right. you want. Oh, humbug to you. This is my month. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, so for our December pick, we have chosen Midnight in Everwood, which is a new release. Um, uh, Midnight in Everwood by M.A. Kuznia. M.A. Kuznia. Um, and this is a retelling of The Nutcracker, uh, but with a gothic theme to it I would say Um, and it follows the tale of a ballerina who um, is about to do her last dance before she gives up dance as her family is forcing her to settle down marry because it's the 1900s and what else is a woman going to do apart from marriage and procreating anyway I digress Um, it then 
takes a turn when a toy maker moves into um, the estate opposite and apparently there is something that goes on between the ballerina and the toy shop maker and she enters this magical world and that's all I really know about it so far but it's got the nutcracker that says Christmas it's a Christmas book I'm gonna prep for this episode by re-watching Barbie and the Nutcracker <gasps> I loved Barbie and the Nutcracker I know right just a warning though the animation is so much worse than you it's, remember it's so bad it's so bad so I- bad I I'm gonna have to find another way to watch it because me and Libby wore out our bright Barbie pink VHS tape of Barbie. Oh, that takes me back. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just like having a mind, a mind rewind all the way back to being five, watching Barbie and the Nutcracker. Have my little Barbie doll. Yeah, did you have the Nutcracker Barbie? Of course I had the Nutcracker Barbie. So and you had also the had the Nutcracker Barbie, right? You had the Nutcracker Barbie and the Barbie pink VHS tape. You wore it out watching it. and Because Barbie is that girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I also saw Angelina Ballerina do the Nutcracker. <gasps> Angelina. Oh, my God. Do you know what, what I used to do when I was younger? Do you know what I used to do when I was younger? I used to get loads of paper, loads of A4 paper, and colour them in pink the whole of all of these A4 papers in pink, then cut them, stick them all together and stick them to an empty like kitchen roll tube. So I could be with the ribbon and that ballerina. That is very inventive. Like go you as a small kid. You were really out there like, (laughs) I need my ballerina ribbon and I will get it. (laughs) Okay. It obviously didn't flow as nicely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it made me so happy as a child I loved the ballet did you guys love ballet I was a very clumsy child that doesn't stop you and I grew up into a very clumsy adult so I hated ballet dancing mm. but I loved the concept of ballet you know I don't know if I liked ballet but I did love Angelina Ballerina so like uh I don't, I don't know what that says <laughs> I feel like before we start reading this book, really, we got to encompass the yeah. whole of the ballet mm-hmm. and the Nutcracker. Yeah. And Travosky. Okay. So I hope that's given you an exciting preview into our conversation next week, uh, next month, even. <laughs> However, next speaking next of next month, week, yeah. it wasn't a mistake, it was a smooth transition. Um, next week we're going to be doing our Christmas <laughs> gift guide episode where we'll be picking the books we'd buy each other for Christmas so please leave a comment on our Instagram if you have a book that you're wanting to get for Christmas that's on your Christmas wish list or a book that like is a go-to for giving to other people uh, we'd love to hear from you yeah yeah okay so see you next next episode have a great week and happy reading Mm, but not yet happy christmas all right see you next week it's christmas time <laughs> okay in a week and a half <laughs> i apologize for these two <laughs>